This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go Hayes, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, welcome to the Friday edition of A's Cast Live. We have a great show for you coming up. We're going to have the manager show with Mark Kotze, Cole Irvin, former left-hander for the Oakland Athletics, now with the Baltimore Orioles, is going to be here. And we have our own Ricky Henderson leading us off today here (laughs) on A's Cast Live. It's David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. How are you? That's the nicest thing anybody said about me, calling me the Ricky Henderson leadoff guy. Um, I would have done the intro, but I didn't have my script in front of me. But welcome to A's Cast. I want you to start the show. Well, this <laughs> David Force. I've never been here at the beginning to introduce myself, so happy to be here. So you know that in our business, we always put the cart before the horse, sure. right? That's what we do. Um, so maybe you can help answer this because the biggest question that all of us is, where are we going to put the Zach Geloff statue? Are we going to put it on the east side, the west side, Championship Plaza? Where do you think we should put it? Some of these numbers that are coming out are pretty remarkable. I, I mean, look, you know, we don't sort of keep track of the history and the stats. Like, yeah. we're looking at Zach. He's off to a great start. Everybody's happy. But then you see, you know, the the quickest ever in Oakland A's history to this and, the you know, the first big leaguer ever to this. Like, it's pretty hard to, to deny what a great start he's had. When they start going to 1900 or 1920, <laughs> you're, you're kind of yeah. doing something pretty good. Yeah. No, it's – I mean, the one thing you hope when guys get up here is that they get off to a good start, get some confidence, and, and get rolling. And I don't, I don't remember anybody ever getting off to this kind of start. I understand in the world of front offices, you guys are looking at barrel rates and exit velocity, and you want every ball to be hit hard. But guys that got 3,000 hits and are in the Hall of Fame, not every hit was hard. Yep. But they hit it all over the place, right, for the majority. And I watch him play, just the eyeball test. I see he can go out of the yard to left. He can go out of the yard to right. He can go off the wall and right center, left center. He gets base hits. He flays them into right field. Base hits up the middle. He can turn a base hit up the middle into the du- – it's just so refreshing to watch a player to be able to do it all. Sure. Is that what you always saw in him? 
Well, here's the thing about like all that stuff you talked about, exit velo, barrel rates, like barrel rates, all that crap goes out the door when the guys get here. When they're here, it's results. Like we use that stuff to project and to, you know, to sort of set expectations and make trades and evaluate players. Like when you're here, when you're in the big leagues, you get hits, you score runs, you drive in runs. Yes. Like the results matter here and, and Zach's doing it all. I don't, I don't know the average exit velo of all his hits. I don't know the ridiculous launch angle of some of his homers, though I, see, I saw the fly ball in, in Washington. That was crazy. It was. I was, <laughs> I was there with the team. We're sitting behind home plate, and it looks like a pop-up, and then it yeah. goes, and it goes, and it goes. So we don't track a lot of that stuff in the big leagues because when you're here, results count. And I love how you say that because we've talked a lot about other teams – how we're seeing it, and they're starting to talk about it right now. It's like something going on with the Yankees we won't even get into, but it's like so worried about certain things that you for you, you, you worry so much about the process, you forget about how to play the actual game. Yeah. I reference, like, football all the time. We got all these fancy things going on in football, but the biggest play of the game can be third and one. Right. As simple. So it's like the process, I get the process, but it's like we have forgotten that the little things and how you actually play the game, that's what matters. No doubt. And, and don't get me wrong, like, Cots and his staff do a ton of preparation, and they use all that stuff, and we have matchups, and we have numbers, and it's important to prepare and to advance scout and for Cots to put the lineup together. But for the 26 guys between the lines, like – you don't want them thinking about that. You want them going out, using muscle memory to get results. And he he's doing everything. For a guy his size, I mean, obviously we thought he was going to be a third baseman, but I'm just – I mean, I'm telling you, you're not surprised, but I think for some <laughs> of the words, like – he can run for his size. There's, yeah. like, really nothing he can't do. Yeah. No, he's, he's incredibly athletic. He's, he is fast. Like, we've seen some, um, some really good sprint speeds. Um, you know who sent me a text the other day was Brad Osmus, who was around Geloff in spring training last year yeah. when he was on our staff and then was around him again in the WBC this year because Brad was on the Israel staff. And even he, like, having spent time on the field with Zach, sent me a text and was like, man, this guy is doing it all. Speaking of Team Israel, we were like a comp for him was Ian Kinsler. <laughs> and I don't even think now watching him play, Ian Kinsler didn't do all this. <laughs> I mean, he was a good player, no question about it, but he yeah. didn't do all this. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, right now, like you said, he's, he's doing things historically that have no comps. So you don't, you don't limit him that way. All right, so today was the first day, because at spring training I'd only seen Lawrence Butler play. Today was the first day when we went down to do the Mark Kotze show. I introduced myself and stood next to him. Lawrence Butler's a big athletic guy. He kind of reminds me of a speed rusher, like an outside backer type guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a big dude. He is. He's an impressive athlete. He is. He, and he was about that tall when we drafted him, but there was probably about 40 to 50 pounds less of him. He was a skinny, gangly guy, and you see how they fill out. Um, and Law's put in the work. I mean, he's really worked hard. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about him over the past, you know, week or so internally and look back at our reports. What did we expect? And one thing that a lot of people pointed to, he was not invited to the alternate site in 2020. When we shut down, we had that site down in San Jose. Law, he wasn't at the point in his career where he was invited, and I, I think he took it a little personally. 
and he came back a different guy in 21. Obviously, you miss that development time. There's only so much you can do. Um, but everyone sort of points to the work he's put in since coming back in 21 and really remade himself as a player. I love that. How dare you not invite <laughs> me? Yeah. Who the hell did GM? You do that to me? I'm going to cut. I like it. There's a chip on his shoulder. No doubt. Yeah, he definitely plays with that. And he talks a lot about where he comes from and the guys that he works out with in the offseason. There's a lot about him and Michael Harris. They work out with Marquise Grissom, this whole group down there, and they all push each other. Um, and he has a lot to prove, and it's been, it's been fun to watch in a short period of time. Yeah, you check out the fours after you hit the home run. <laughs> Love it. Uh, long term, where does he play? Is it center? Is it right? Fluid, can play, you know, but where, where would you see him long term? I think he's going to do a little bit of everything, meaning all three outfield spots. And, and Mark feels good about him in center field right now, yeah. which is why he's out there, and he's done it. You know, obviously coming up through the minor leagues, you have to sort of, you know, fit everybody in, and there were some other center fielders. Uh, he was with Denzel a lot this year in Midland, and Denzel play center, so he was in right, but but he can do it. I mean, we talked about his athleticism, the way he runs after the ball. He's, you know, same as Zach. He's out of the box looking for a double on balls that he hits, so I think he's going to move around. You know, obviously we have Esty who can play center here. Um, you know, J.J. was playing center. It looks like he's going to be out for a little while, um, but I think he's going to do a little bit of everything. I hated to see that. I just, because... I see the talent. I know it's not all there. I mean, you got to hit. You have to hit. Hitting 200 is not good. You got to hit. But you can see the skill set of why he was taken fourth overall in the draft. It pains me. I really wanted to see Butler Ruiz, Blade play together, give him that chance with 40 something games left. But uh, what do you think on the knee? Is he. Will we see him again this year? Uh, we don't know yet is, is the bottom line. Unfortunate, you know, impact injury like that, sliding in the turf, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it was encouraging that he bounced up and played the rest of that day, but clearly when he came in the clubhouse in St. Louis on Monday, it was swollen. We had, we had to do the MRI, and he's got an ACL sprain. But, you know, he hit the homer to dead center in Washington, made a couple really good plays up against the wall there. So you see the ability to maybe be a really above-average corner outfielder. So it's a bummer because – you know, if nothing else, you hope this time, this last six weeks, continues to give us an idea of who's who and what guys are capable of. And it looks like we're going to be, sort of be robbed of seeing that from J.J. You know, we all play, you know, amateur front office guys with the numbers that we have, that we get. And obviously, Ruiz has not graded out so hot in center. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys are looking at, but do you see him long-term as a center fielder? I think we're going to see what he can do in the corners, too. As long as Lawrence can play center, I think it'll give SD a chance in the corners and see. I mean, we all sort of forget he was new to center field. He came up as a second baseman, just really moved there the last couple years, so you just it's not totally fair to assume because he has this incredible speed that he's immediately going to be a great center fielder because there's a lot of there's a lot of tough angles yeah um and, and it's hard to play the balls in the corner so we're going to continue to give him opportunities um but we'd also like to see how he does in the corners i know i'm not the only guy but i miss ryan nota <laughs> i miss ryan i mean what does he do he gets on base and he now he started hitting and hitting for power i think he's pretty good defensively 
He's he runs well for a big man. I'm, I I know he's gotten some hits now that he's starting to play yeah. with, with the Aviators, but you kind of start to see, right? Right. You kind of you know Geloff, and you see that you're getting you got the puzzle. You're starting to see the pieces. I think so. That's you know that's the hope. Again, in a season where you're not going to compete for a playoff spot, you got to get something out of it, and that's that's what you hope is to to see what the puzzle looks like going forward. And I think Ryan will be back hopefully in the next few days. Got to make sure he gets his legs under him. He did miss a long time. You know, he's missed about a month now. So, uh, but he is getting some hits. He'll be back, obviously, with, with Tyler here. You know, Ryan's going to play some outfield, too. So, we'll, we'll mix him in to that group out there. Um, but, yeah, I want to get him back out there for that, that same reason. Get him another five, six weeks of ABs so we know exactly, you know, what we've got. How important is it for the young guys, especially when they get up here, to get past the finish line, whether you're having a great season, an okay season, or a bad season, to know what it's like to finish a full year and get through that finish line. Yeah, I mean, just in the last year or two, AAA is about as long as a big league season. You've got more days off, um, but you're at least playing until the end of September, so so it sort of is a facsimile of a big league season, but it's not it's nothing like the grind that this thing is. So, yeah, whether whether you're performing, whether you're not, just getting to October 1st is going to teach a lot of these guys about what they need to do in the off season and make sure their bodies are right cuz you know, the young guys are getting by on you know, on youth, for lack of a better word. I ask Tony Kemp how hard it is to get through 162 <laughs> games. It's, it takes a little different thing, and he's out there jumping into walls. Uh, so the young guys could take a note of what Tony does to keep his body in shape. I played 36 <laughs> holes yesterday. I couldn't get out of bed today. It's very sad that's as why you get older. That's why no one our age is out there, Tony. <laughs> you know, when we start talking about, and I know this is, you know, long way to go here. I'm excited about spring training because all of a sudden I think Jordan Diaz has shown a little bit at third base. Mm -hmm. And then I know you guys are high on Brett Harris. There's a competition. Hernays has really played well. He's young. You got Allen. There's competition. Geloff, we're already putting a statue up for him, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but he's out on Soderstrom and Noda, and all of a sudden you got these outfielders. You mentioned Denzel Clark. I mean, at some point my guy Henry Bolte's going to be coming. I feel like this spring is just going to be a bunch of young thoroughbred athletes out there battling each other for the big leagues. That, to me, yeah. can be exciting. It's it's a nice thought. I mean, I, I kind of have to stay focused here. I mean, we've got to we've got to get through the day to day here. We've got minor league seasons going on. I haven't allowed myself really yet to think about the spring, um, but there are a lot a lot of guys you think about being there that, that could make it exciting. I mean, you didn't mention Kevin Smith, who gets three hits almost every night, it seems like, for Vegas, and, and you know, unfortunately hurt his back last time he was here, but hope to get him back here to get some more ABs. So, um, yeah, I mean, the position player group is good, obviously. There's a whole other side on the pitching where we've seen some guys really take steps forward this year, which is encouraging the rotation. Got to figure out who's going to come help them. I've had this conversation with Grady Fuse on a couple times on this show where Grady talks about through the history of baseball, whether you're spending a ton of money and you're buying free agents or you're bringing guys up, whatever it is, to get the pitching and the hitting to go at the same time. Right. It is so tough to do. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a hard thing to manage. I think, you know, you look back at my first few years here, we knew, you know, you knew you had Tejada and Xavi and Jason and those guys and not that we lucked in to Huddy and Mulder and Zito, but they came quicker than I think anybody imagined. Mulder, 99 draft, or 98 draft, Zito, 99 draft. They were here in 2000, 
dominating. So, you know, that worked out really well. You know, other sort of cycles of competitiveness, you, you've, we went out and got pitching and trades and made it work. But, yeah, that's the key is, is getting those two things to line up. Grady's right. He's seen it through cycle after cycle when this team has been good. That's what it takes. Why can't you just go get another Hudson Mulder and Zeta? Why? <laughs> We've been trying for 20 years. <laughs> it's not that easy? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> and these arms, too, it's like with the injuries and everything. So, so how do you feel about – the arms that you've seen this year, the arms that you know that are coming. I know you just drafted a ton of arms, so that's, that's a few years away. But how do you feel about the arms, the system overall? Yeah, I mean, obviously when you talk about arms, our focus is starting pitching. I mean, I think we've done a good job finding guys who've played good roles in the bullpen, but we know it all starts with the starters. And when you look at, at how consistent Searts has been all year, Paulie's been himself when he's been healthy. Medina and Waldachuk really sort of taking steps forward. It took Waldy a, t- a lot of time to get there, and I, I think Emo did an outstanding job with Waldachuk, working him out of the pen, two and three inning stints to get his command, and the last few starts you've seen a little bit of what we saw last September. So Medina and Waldachuk come a long way. You know, Muller's back here. We're going to try and do a similar thing with him out of the pen, get him some successful starts, so there's still, still hope for him. And then you look behind him, Joey Estes pitched really well in Vegas last night, in Reno, which is not a great place to pitch. Joe Boyles on the mound for Midland tonight made two really good starts since we traded for him. There is another group that you think about, again, the way we do with the position players, that puzzle, think about the rotation going forward. It's a lot of guys, especially, you know, you talk about Estes, a lot of bad things can happen in Reno. (laughs) I'm sure you know as well as anybody. (laughs) A lot of bad things can Now, And he's only 21? Yeah, Joey was high school draft by the Braves, came over in that trade and really kind of figured some things out at double-A this year and put himself on the map. It's great to see him pitching well. And you always talk about that, how trades have longer lives than we think, right? Trades turn into other trades and other signings. So we just react on, oh, my God, they got rid of these guys. Like, people forgot, you know, everybody's Christian Pache, but here comes Joey. So all this haul you got between Olsen and Murphy – Right, the two trades, like, you know, Estes is not a guy people really thought that much, and now he's 21 years old and he's in AAA. Well, you and I talked two weeks ago about patience, right? Yeah. you got to have patience. I mean, you look at Joey Estes last year, first year over a new organization, pitching in high A, pretty mixed results, inconsistent, but he's adjusting to new places, new team. Guys guys have to get settled. There's there's a whole life here that guys have to go through. So – Got to have patience with all these guys, except Joe Boyle, who came out firing in those first two starts, punch out 22, and uh, he's exciting. So Notre Dame fighting Irish. <laughs> the big guy throws hard. I, yeah. I know you liked him. I mean, is that one of those where you go, once again, I go back to what spring training could be like. Another one of these guys are like, I can't wait to see all of this. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about going to see him pitch uh, in San Antonio tonight just to lay eyes on him, but I think he'll, he'll be a little closer than that, hopefully, for his next few starts. Paul Blackburn, how many people – I thought you would trade him because I thought there would be a ton of teams. Yeah. Because knowing that there wasn't a lot of movement and just because we know him, if I was a contending team, and I talked about this, how it's not always the innings you may get in the postseason. Sometimes you need those innings to get you to the postseason. Right. I would, if I was a GM, I would trade for him. How many people did come calling for Paul Blackburn? I mean, without going into the, the specifics, it obviously – wasn't enough to to motivate us whether that was the the quantity of teams or the quality of the conversations i mean 
Paul's very valuable to us. And I think we recognize with as many young pitchers as we have. And look, we started the year essentially with five rookie pitchers, and it was really hard. It, it just it was tough, and you saw the games in April and May where a lot of times by the second and third inning we were out of it, and that was it was a tough way to start, um, but it's such a huge difference from where we are now with the, the stability of a Paul, of JP in that rotation where you feel confident you're going to get five or six innings, you're going to be in games and give the offense a chance, and Paul provides that. He's really, really valuable to the team every five days and then to a rotation like we have the other four days. Yeah, that's why I also I think I could see him being there at spring training to really you need to, uh, having at least one veteran's key. Yeah, I think Cots would like to have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> you get but, one. But yeah, they're they're valuable. Speaking of Cots, I asked him at the interview at the end of the interview, we interview him every single week on the Mark Kotze show brought to you by nestbedding.com. I, I asked him after they, we went through everything, I finally said, you know what, everybody's always asking you about how are you doing? How's Mark Kotze doing? And he paused. Yeah. I mean, for you, you got to kind of, I think, help these coaches. These coaches are grinding. It's not easy. How much do you have to check? Just check in and like, hey, man, how are you doing? How's everything going? How's the family? How's the kid? I mean, how much do you have to do that? Yeah, a lot. Do you have to? I mean, I, I'm curious what Mark's answer was after his long pause. What time, Cody, is uh, the Mark Kotze show? <laughs> uh, 5.30. All right, I'll, I'll tune in to find out. Um yeah, there's a there's a toll. There is a day to day toll on Mark, on the staff, on these guys going through this because, you know, they work their butts off all day long, and then most nights they don't have a lot to show for it. You got to find positives. We talk about that every week. You know, Mark and I try and find positives every night to take away, um, but it takes a toll. These guys are away from their families. They're putting in they're putting in long hours. Um, it's obviously more fun to win. So. It is nice to check in as much as I can. All right, let's end on this because in the past, like when the team was trying to get into the postseason and, and get ready for the postseason, you would say, our work is done here. Like there's <laughs> nothing else you can do, right? The training deadline, yeah. the old waiver process. But now it's it. There's nothing you could do. Well, what happens now? What, what, what For you, what do we have, 40, 41 games left, whatever? What's left for you here for the rest of the way? It, it, there's a lot of evaluating of our own guys to do. And here and in Vegas and Midland, you know, I'll make sure to get out and see those guys again, hopefully before the end of the year. Um, but we are evaluating, trying to figure out who, who's here for the long haul. Who can we count on? What exactly do we have? we got a busy offseason ahead of us, hopefully trying to fill some holes. Um, but we're going to spend 40-plus games watching closely. I'll tell you what, when I fill out every Geloff and I soda strum <laughs> and I put in my scorebook, I ask Kotze about filling up the lineup with the young guys. He says he gets excited. Yeah. We get excited. I mean, this is – no matter what has happened this year, the young guys, it's bringing people in. We're seeing our numbers are up. Yeah. Our data is up. And the young guys bring excitement. Well, let's remember, they don't just show up here magically. They were scouted. They were developed. There's – you know – that's what the organization is here for, to get these guys here. I know it's hopefully rewarding to those two groups of people to see them here, to see scouting and player development pay off, um, and that's what they tune in for the last 40 games too. So everybody organization-wide, I think, is a little encouraged, is a little sort of boosted up by what's going on right now. So Geloff statue, you wanted it where? Out on Championship Plaza, right? Championship right. Plaza. Yeah. We'll have you vote, athletics.com slash <laughs> vote. David Force, join us right here on A's Cast Live.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Ace Cast Live continues from the Treehouse. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, as you can see, hey, give me the menu. Give me the menu. As you can see, we're in the Treehouse. That means you could be here in the Treehouse. Gates are opening up. Ruby Lopez, I just saw Ruby Lopez, Amelia Schimmel are entering the building. It's happy hour. Drink specials, $10 Blue Moon, brewed where? Coors Field. I bet you didn't know that. Bubbly Stash IPA, Draft Hoppy Valley Bubbly Stash, $10. Captain Morgan Pina Coladas. And you like pina coladas. My wife told me the... And getting caught in the rain. She told me the true meaning of that song, and I was like, that's kind of depressing. Why is that depressing? What? I was tired of my lady. But it's they're they're like trying to get away from each other, and they meet each other, and they find each other again. That's kind of so they're both looking to cheat on each other. I know that's why it's depressing. No, it's great. It's how it's love. It's reuniting love. Yeah, love's great. So we, yeah, I mean, you've been married twice. You understand. Uh, We've got happy hour specials going on here at the Treehouse. A's up against the Orioles. Truly, one of the great stories in baseball. And as much as I hate to uh, give them props, this is all the Astro way. This is all the Astro way. As much as we hate it and we hate these guys, the Astros, Mike Elias came from the Astros. He's part of the Jeffrey Lunau tree, and as bad a people they are, and they're evil people, and they at some point, sometime, I don't know, at what point, but they will meet. There will be pain and evil to them for how evil they are. Most likely, yeah. I mean, we've had the. G- I the, don't know is when they meet their maker or not, but there's been some evil stuff come out of Houston, and these guys came from Houston. But obviously, if you look at what's happened in Houston and you look at what's happening in Baltimore, I would say the model organization right now in baseball. If you have to say who. But it's not really fair because you're in the second largest city in the country. You have a huge economy in the the city. It's hard to compare L.A. to everybody else. I mean, you basically have New York and you have L.A. Nobody, I mean, Chicago's a big city. Dallas, Fort Worth, you have, but, but L.A. and New York are completely different animals. But with that said... The Los Angeles Dodgers, with their resources, 
and what they've been able to create there. They keep on having a farm system that's highly rated. I, I do think it's laughable uh, how many people are so excited what a baseball magazine has to say about your farm system. <laughs> like, I have a buddy who's a Red Sox fan. He goes, you're wrong on High Bloom. They're in the wild card hunt. I went, everybody's in the wild card hunt. You know, you know who the Red Sox are playing this weekend, right? They just lost to the Nats. But you know they're playing starting tonight, right? No. Yankees, Red Sox, baby. So, yeah, they just lost to the Nats yesterday. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to brag to me that they're in the wild card hunt. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everybody's in the wild card hunt. Every, yeah, you're a joke if you're playing that card and you're the Boston Red Sox. Well, yeah, well, Baseball America just rated us. It's a baseball magazine, right? Well, they're not really a magazine anymore. You go to – they're online. Yeah, online publication. MLB.com. Oh, if, 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 that's, if that's what you're hanging your hat on is what outsiders think of your organization, it tells you a lot about – our game, the unknown, and we've gone over this a lot. The unknown is so great, it's not always as great as you think it's going to be. But anyway, Baltimore, they did make it happen. Because whether you're picking first, third, 12th, 28th, second round, third round, it's got to work. And Baltimore has made it work. And they've made decisions that have gotten them to where they are now, to where they're, they lead the AL East, Yankees are crumbling. They're absolutely crumbling, and there is such dysfunction with the Yankees. We, if we have time, we will get into it today. This stuff's going viral, and it's going to be. And, and I, and I, one of the reasons why it's tough to talk about is because when you talk about it, you look like you're an anti-analytics guy. I am not an anti-analytics guy. What I've always said is, it's not the end-all, be-all. Now, certain teams will go, wait, you just talked about the Astros and you just talked about the Orioles. I get it. But especially with what's going on with the Yankees, you're seeing and it's, it's going everywhere. There's going to be some dramatic changes with the Yankees at the end of the season. And you think about giving the Orioles props. You think about Tampa gets out to the historic start. Tampa has still played good baseball. Their second half hasn't been all that great, but, you know, you cash all those wins early. No one, I mean, it is so rare to have a year like when the Mariners won 116, what, the Yankees won 114? 114, yeah. I mean, it's very rare. We saw the uh, I mean, Dodgers won 111 last year. Saw the Astros and Dodgers that one year, 107, 106. Giants, Dodgers, 107. I mean, it's hard to win that many games. Yet to be that consistent throughout a year. But it does happen. But I'm happy for the Orioles. Like, you're going to see tonight, you're going to see a lot of Orioles. You're going to see a lot of the bird hats out there. See one right now. We talked to Cole Irvin earlier today. It's a great ballpark. Camden Yards, having been, having been there in Baltimore, it's a great old-school baseball city. So to see kind of like a rebirth of this franchise and to know that it's taking down the Red Sox, to know it's taking down the Yankees, Hey, everybody loved the Toronto Blue Jays. How many times were the Toronto Blue Jays the chic pick, the pick that was gonna that was going to look at all the talent. They've got all the stars, kids, and they're all blossoming. Good to see uh, Bo Bichette. He's back yeah. in re. Well, I saw him in rehab. Uh, I, th- I thought he, I thought he, I thought I heard Duquette and Bowden and Farron talk this morning. He's gonna be back this weekend. Okay, could be back. All I know is yesterday he was playing at AAA. Oh, so he might be back tonight. So it's good that he's gonna be getting back. I don't know exactly when. Uh, he was in AAA yesterday, but 
you know, it hadn't worked out. And right now it's kind of a two-horse race in that AL East. But at and, and one point we were talking about how the all the, all the AL East is going to be the, the American League postseason. Well, that's not exactly the case because here come the Astros. Of course, you have what's happening with Seattle. Is they're playing much better baseball? The Texas Rangers. It's real interesting. And I'm just happy for Baltimore. I think it's good for the game. It's good for the game. As you mentioned, it's now Red Sox, Yankees, so that will be all weekend long. Fox is addicted to it. MLB Network's addicted to it. That's all you're going to see, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know if it's Sunday Night Baseball. Check Sunday Night Baseball. What is it this week? No way. No way the fifth and fourth team in the AL East. Well, isn't the Little League World Series on? So I think that might be – that's why there are no – I don't think there's a Sunday Night Baseball game this week. Uh – that kid. Oh, yes. It's Phillies Nationals at uh, Williamsport. They're playing the game in, little, it, well, in Williamsport. Not so, really. well, I mean, Yankees, you'd rather have the Nationals. I mean, they're playing better the second half. but Nats just beat the Red Sox again yesterday. Nats, we saw, are getting better. Uh, Bo, Bo Porter said, very obvious at this point, Nats won the trade with the Padres for Juan Soto. I mean, Hard to argue. Abrams, what, Mackenzie Gore? Well, then again, like what we just talked about with David Forrest, it also depends on what the Padres do with Soto. Yeah. Because if the Padres keep Soto or flip Soto and they're able to get a bunch of pieces back for that, then you're able to kind of replenish what you gave up. It's going to be hard to flip him because, what well, he's a free agent after the season. So, unless you re-sign him and trade him, you know, a couple of years in, yeah. But he's a free agent after the – no, sorry, no, it's next no, year. no, no, no. Next year, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, that's my mistake. You got a whole – if you got a team that goes in with the, hey, I got this guy for a whole year in a World Series, you could, oh, you could flip Juan Soto. Are you kidding me? Real quick, I, I know people are so – I mean, hey, is this the Padres' last stand this weekend against the, the Snakes? Are you serious? I mean, people, I mean – Wait, are you serious? People are still asking that. Uh, yeah, they still think Padre. Bob, no, I, I Bob Melba still thinks Padre. You, you're right behind right? the train, bro. Everybody's put that. Every, nobody out there still thinks this is the last stand. Nobody. Farron, Duquette, and Bowden talked about this morning. No, yeah. no, no. I've heard. I listened to them too. There's no way they said this is the last stand. Farron asked them. He goes, "This is the final stand for the Padres." Asking it doesn't say someone said it. Exactly. That's why I asked you. Is it the final stand for the Padres? No. Uh, you are what you are in August. <laughs> Everybody, this whole thing that these guys or people are still up for the wild card. What, you think you're finally going to – now you're going to flip the switch on August 18th? Now you're going to do it? Well, your guy might could win the NL Cy Young, so maybe he's – they're going to – Now the flip is going to get switched? That's a joke. Yeah. And I guaranteed Jim Duquette and and Jim Bowden were on it. They were both on it, yeah. They both said no. Yeah, they both said they're done. They they all both said the Yankees are done too. Yeah, you're done. Bowden was really good on the Yankees, by the way. But the, the Orioles, there was a report out yesterday from, I believe it was John Heyman, that the Orioles haven't ruled out calling up Jackson Holiday at some point before the end of the season. He was just drafted, what, last year? Number one overall? Well, well I mean, if you're the Angels. You're, the highlights I've seen, the kid's incredible. But yeah. I really talk Zach Geloff. Yeah. These numbers on Zach Geloff, I mean, everywhere you go, he's one of just four players in the last 85 years with at least 20 extra base hits in his first 28 career games. Joining Bo Bichette, Will Smith, and the Sanchez, the Sanchino. The first athletic, Gary Sanchez, the first athletic, 20 extra base hits, 20 runs 
in his first 28 games. He went four for five. Oh, by the way, the last game, I know we just had a day off. If you were able to tape the last game, I tape every game on my DVR. That is the game Wednesday you keep. What was it, the fourth shutout, I want to say, we've had yeah, this year? Yes. This is the game that when you're Joseph for baseball, like when football starts to end, let's say you're getting past Christmas. Into January. You're getting into now. January, and, you're, and you got bowl games, and the national championship game's over, and you got that lull in between the Super Bowl. or You're getting into late January, maybe early February, and you're jonesing for baseball. You're thinking about spring training. You're listening to A's cast. We're getting you ready for spring training. Maybe we've been to fantasy. Whenever it is in January, February, I should say, that you're jonesing for a little baseball, that is the game that you put on and watch. From this season, I don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like, but that game where all your young guys did at least something, Geloff, what he did, what, four for five, that is the shutout, that is the game last Wednesday you put on to satisfy your baseball itch in the offseason. I mean, Tyler Soderstrom didn't even start in the game, comes off the bench, and it's a home run. Lawrence Butler had a hit in the game, didn't start start as well. So you got to see a lot of the young guys, but Geloff, the incredible start, four for five in that game. It's been impressive. Like two doubles in that game too, right? Homer and two doubles. Well, the one double was a ground ball, kind of up the middle. He turned into a double. I mean, it's like his size, his speed. Last ten games, he's hitting 400, three home runs, seven doubles, eight RBIs. He is the only, have we figured out athletic or just we'll say Oakland athletic? We're just saying Oakland athletic because, remember, when you say athletic, you're going all the way back to Philly, and I think that the interns were like, we're not going past 68. We did, we're doing right? that. Right? You said 60, you old men, we're not going past 60. I agree. I agree. Divisional era they're doing. We're not going into the 40s and the 30s. The only Oakland A... Six dingers, eight doubles, six stolen bases, one triple, eight walks in his first 25 games. Let's go over that again. Just 25 games. It's a couple weeks. Six dingers, eight doubles, six stolen bases, a triple, and eight walks. That's incredible. That that in the NBA is what's called filling up the stat sheet. He does absolutely nothing. Everything. He's good defensively. He can run. He's smart. He's got baseball smarts, as we learned from Eno Saris and their analytic conference that people are starting to call out, call out going, hey, listen, everybody might understand the process, and oh, we want to hit the ball so hard. I got something for you on that. Remind me. We all want to hit it so hard and the barrel rates and all that kind of stuff. We got so many guys that they don't know how to play the game. They don't. We're not testing their intelligence as in, School smarts were testing their intelligence as in street smarts. And so many different guys. I still can't get over that play in Washington. Kisner, their guy. Oh, yeah. Pop fly into left field down the left field line. Yeah. What do you do when you're on third base and the ball goes in the air less than two outs? Tag up. You go back to third. Well, yeah, but I'm saying yes. You go back to third. We went over this the other day. Their guy, 
He's back looking up and then realized Tony Kemp catches it. He now has to get back. And Tony Kemp, great baseball awareness, does have baseball IQ, pops up, throws him out at third. You're supposed to be tagging when Tony Kemp catches it and he's sliding on the ground. You go. Because there's no way Tony Kemp was going to have enough to put it on the ball to get you at home. Yeah. But you get, instead of being a run, you got doubled up. That is idiotic. That's some of the stuff that we've been seeing in baseball. It's crazy how these kids and what Eno Saris was talking about from the analytics conference was there's some people talking about, hey, you got analytics, but the problem is you got outfielders and everybody's got a card. So these guys never really learn how to, where to line up, how to position themselves, how to read batters, to know what their pitchers pitch. Because great outfielders, they understand their pitcher. They understand the hitters. They can kind of project themselves where they think the ball's going to go. But if you just grow up looking at a card, and, oh, okay, go to position four, you never learn how to really play the position. So there's all kinds of that going on, which, by the way, we can get into. But Geloff has been an amazing start. And Have we decided where the statue's going? We haven't decided yet. That's why we want you to vote, athletics.com slash vote. Which, of course, that's going to take you to the voting for the A's Hall of Fame. I already customized and bought his jersey. It's going to be here soon. And then I'm going to, ret- I'm going to tell, uh, tell, the, front, tell the, uh, the organization, David Renetti, we need to put, uh, we need to put number 20 up there next to Stu and Eck. I mean, I'm going that far already. Well, what's his jacket size, his green jacket <laughs> for the A's Hall of Fame? Uh, well, it's a good question. You've got to measure those arms, see what, make sure they're He's the same. He's a decent-sized kid. It's not going to be standard. Yeah. Just saying, there's things that we got to work do, on. Do we need to call our buddy at the, the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame and, you know, find out where we can get him? I'm not putting him in Cooperstown yet. <laughs> I'm not putting him there yet. I'm putting him in the – I'm getting You're, the statue ready. Uh, we got to get the verbiage for the plaque. I'm not ready for Cooperstown yeah, You're ready to tear down Scott Rowland's plaque. I, I'm not – I'm not <laughs> – if you gave me a crowbar, I would go in and take Scott Rowland's plaque off and put Zach Gell up there. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> How just disrespectful is that? And the only person you take out is Scott Rowland. You're like, yeah, I just have Oh, such- no, no. I'm going over to Bill Mazeroski. Whoa, whoa, And whoa. I'm taking off that plaque because you don't deserve to be there. He had, more big, he had bigger home runs in the World Series than Scott Rowland did. I'm taking a crowbar to that guy's and putting Gell off there. <laughs> and then I, I know, I'm going to have to – what horse, you know what, outfielders in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Because that might be where Butler's going. So who's going – who are you tearing down for? Sodershim. It's kind of tough to say there's not really – all outfielders are pretty legit. Yeah, they're all yeah, – I, I don't know if there's a – Bill Mazeroski, you're coming down, my friend. Zach Geloff going to put his – Who board. was the one – oh, did he uh, – who was the one who won the most recently? Was it was – it, uh, was it Reigns or Baines? Which one went in recently? Harold Baines. Was, and everyone was like, uh, should he be a Hall of Famer? Which tear his down for Lawrence Butler? Easily. There you go. Former A, see, Harold Baines. See, figured it out for you. Yeah. Right, I'm going <laughs> to the crowbar. Chris Townsend arrested in Cooperstown, New York, for <laughs> taking plaque. I don't want I'm not stealing them. I'm just taking those down because they shouldn't be there. Uh, Lawrence Butler. We got to see old Lawrence today. I went up and introduced myself to Lawrence Butler. You want to know why Ace Cast works in so many different ways? I go up and introduce myself because I'd only seen him in spring training. I'd only been up in the press box. I hadn't gone down. I go up and introduce myself. He goes, I know who you are. I watch you. Lawrence Butler watches Ace Cast on YouTube. He watches the stuff. So I must be 
and I, I don't know if they watch the full show, they watch the interviews, what they do, but I'm now starting to assume that all our minor leaguers are paying attention to what's going on with the big club through us. Yeah. That, that and uh, from the stuff we put out on social, on, on uh, sorry, I was going to say Twitter, but what we put out on the X, it sounds so. We can't say Twitter anymore? Uh, it's called X now. It's so, it feels so wrong to say X because it sounds like you're talking about like a drug or something. I don't think everybody really knows it's called X. Because they still have to, everybody is still referencing Twitter. Yeah, you still type in Twitter when you go to the website. But I put a lot of clips out on Twitter when we talk about, like, the guys like Butler and Geloff, when we have Bobby Crosby on and Fran Reardon. So, yeah, they could see, they could watch the show because you can go all to the links right there. So, yeah, they're definitely watching the stuff that we're putting out on social media, which is great. He's a big dude. He looks like a linebacker. Like, I, I. Was he 6'3", 210? Makes sense. He's, he's, he's yoked. It's more of a hybrid hybrid safety now, but uh, six three is big for a safety. How big is uh? You're yeah. not guarding white. You're you're not able to match up in the secondary at six three. Probably not. I'm trying to think if there's any safeties that big. Yeah, six three two something. These athletes are freaks now. I mean, there's defensive linemen that run like four four six forties. You think <laughs> a six three two hundred some pound guy's covering a wide receiver running four four? Most likely not, unless he runs that fast too. No, you got a guy who's 6'3", because, I mean, if, if we were playing football here, they would bulk him up to about 240, and he'd be an outside backer. Who's the uh, who's the best safety? Derwin James, would we say he's the best? He's not even close to 6'3". I know, big. but I'm just trying to think of, like, the best safeties in the league. I mean, it's just stick to what you know. Yeah. Stick to baseball. But, yeah, he looks like an outside linebacker. He looks like a guy. I mean, he's he's a big man. I mean, if he wanted to, he could put on a lot more weight. But I'm just saying, Lawrence Butler, it's impressive. Like, when you talk about Jose Canseco, yeah, I, I like that comparison. And so did, so did Jonathan Mayo when we had him. Jonathan Mayo was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, think about it. When you're talking about bringing up a man with tremendous size, now Canseco's a lot bigger. He's around 240. He's like a middle inside linebacker. An old middle inside like a Like a – uh, like a Mike Singletary. I was going to say Singletary, yeah. Um, that is – that's impressive. Bringing up athletes. I hope that excites you. It excites me. It, 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 like, I haven't had a whole lot of excitement. I got I to gotta mention – I got to be honest. You know, Jonah Bride coming up is not doing much for me. And no offense, but it's like now that you're starting to see the young guys, which we talked about that, to watch the young guys come up, it brings the, the excitement. It brings the sizzle to the stake. What are they going to do? Well, already, Geloff, Geloff's all over the MLB notes. Everywhere you look, it's Geloff. I mean, our interns put this together. This August, Geloff has a higher batting average, 370, than Luis Arise, who's only hitting 238 this month. This month, Zach Geloff has more home runs than Shohei Otani. Pretty good. Oh, sorry, we're, we're, Kirby Steen's going to be up in the next few minutes. That's our ace player today for everyone. He joins Marcus Simeon as the last two second basemen to have eight home runs, seven steals, 16 RBIs in a 28-game span. He's on an incredible roll right now. I mean, when you put yourself in there with Otani. And then you throw in Soderstrom went deep again. And you throw in Butler. And Allen's getting better. Allen's starting, you can tell, getting just more – it's just the rhythm, he's getting better. Give some credit to Jordan Diaz. Jordan Diaz, 
who is turning himself into a guy that, okay, I have no problem him playing third base. He's looked fine over there. Remember how everyone said he was going to be a horrible defensive player? I haven't seen too many issues with him yet. He, yeah, he's actually made some scoops at first. I mean, that one clank off his glove in Colorado. But for the most part, Eric Martins is doing a great job mm-hmm. working with him. Give Eric Martins credit. I mean, give all these coaches credit. You're dealing with a bunch of guys that, you know, they should be well coached. But, you know, you got to keep coaching them. You know, years ago, you came up to the big leagues. Everybody just expected you. You know, you got to keep coaching these guys. And you know what? Development, you you got to develop all the way through, including once you get back, get up here. Because as we said, baseball smarts lacking in a lot of organizations. We don't want to be that team. We don't want to be the team that's not buttoned up. We don't want to be the team that's not prepared. I had an off-camera conversation with Mark Kotze about that because if you guys follow the post-game show, uh, Perez going tonight, Francisco Perez was not prepared when he came in in Washington. His bases loaded. He came out of the bullpen. He didn't have his pitch come. All of a sudden, you got Langoliers has to come out. Well, you don't have your pitch come. They got to look into the dugout. The dugout, where the hell's the pitch come? Well, they got to get the pitch come, and they got to run it out to them. Next, you know, the home plate umpire's got to come out. What's going on? We're on a clock, guys. And then the umpires. So all this is going on as you're coming in to a bases-loaded mess, which you then walk that first batter, and then after that give, a, give up a three-run triple. Now, some of you might have thought I was being a little harsh, but I said pitch come is a part of your equipment. So if you don't have pitch come, with you, you're not prepared. And then we saw in the St. Louis series. Oh, this wasn't the St. Louis series, right? Yeah, the yeah, this is the St. Yes. Louis. Yes. So we saw in the St. Louis series the last game. Tom, was it Thompson, the second, the reliever that came in? NBC cut away to show him as he threw his last pitch, took a drink, put towel over his head, and the pitching goes. Coach goes, pitch come. He goes, thank you, boop, before he ever came out of the bullpen. Was that so, so I go, Lawrence, wasn't it? Was it Lawrence? It's Lawrence. I think it's one of, the, it's one of those Cardinal releases. So I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. And so before our interview with Mark Kotze today, I brought it up with him. He goes, yeah, it was a screw-up. The little things. I see little things. It's the little things. And you don't, you don't have to be talented to be buttoned up. You don't have to be talented to be be prepared, and you don't have to have talent to hustle. All of that is on you, on you as an organization, on you as a coaching staff, on you as players. You could go 0-162. You can still show up on time. You can still hustle, and you can still be prepared. And that's what we – and that's what development is all about. What do we got going here? Oh, yeah. He's letting me know that Sneed's going to be in a few minutes. All right, why don't we break? Yeah, all right. All right, coming up next, Kirby Sneed is going to join us right here in in the treehouse. It's A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. 
my wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Kirby, good to see you. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. Kirby Sneed with us here, A's Cast Live from the Treehouse. Now, you guys are always out there shagging <laughs> out there during BP, and you know and you've heard about this Treehouse. Now you get to see yeah. what's rocking up yeah. here. It's it's sick, man. I, I First time, obviously, but uh, I've seen it through video and pictures, but to see it in real life is, is pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, the thing is, it's like you guys end up coming up. It's too bad you can't partake. Maybe one day Maybe one we got to yeah. get you up here and yeah. partake. Number one thing for you, for me, how does it feel to be healthy? Uh, it feels great, man. Uh, you know, this, this, this spring was my first row injury in baseball in general. You know, from the time I was five years old until now. I never really missed any time in a season with an injury. So uh, I think just trying to take it day by day really was just the main focus. Um, you know, I, I really was just the whole time I just want to get out there as quick as possible. But, you know, obviously my body wasn't letting me. So I think just trying to, you know, take the proper steps to, you know, get back here. And obviously I'm back and just ready to help us win some games before the season ends. Yeah, you end up learning some things about yourself when you're out, when the game is taken away from course, you. Yeah. What were the things that you did learn about yourself? Um, I think just trying to clean up delivery-wise a little bit. You know, I think um, – I think last year, you know, I think I was just trying to learn the game and, and just learn, you know, what, what life was like up here in the big leagues. And I think uh, just taking little steps here and there, you know, nothing drastic, but just little cues here and there that yeah, just helped me, you know, mentally and physically, just both trying to just, you know, get better on and off the field. Obviously, I wasn't going to be on the field for a while. Yeah. So I think just trying to, you know, learn more about myself and how I do things and how I approach hitters and how I approach the game, I think just, you know, just sitting, obviously I had a lot of time on my hands, so just, you know, taking it as much in as I can while I was out, just trying to, you know, obviously when I got back here, just be ready to go. I like that. You better yourself mentally. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, man. And you've seen <laughs> it paying off for you? I do, yeah. You know, I think the thing is, was, uh, you know, with last year, you know, obviously getting traded over here, I think there was a lot of days I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform instead of just going out there and trying to, you know, Obviously, it sounds cliche, but just try to have fun, you know, try to go out there and just get outs. And I think I was trying to, you know, I was creating scenarios in my head that weren't even there, you know. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so I think just trying to, you know, take it day by day, like I said, and just enjoy it, you know, really just enjoy it. You know, uh, um, yeah, that's it. Talk about how when you do get traded, it's like a different deal. Like you get raised in a certain organization yeah. and then all of a sudden you come and it's all new teammates. It's all new coaches. Uh, just talk about that process of kind of reproving yourself in a yeah, way. Yeah, no, that's definitely what it was, reproving myself. Um, you know, I was with the Blue Jays from 2016 on until last year, and then, uh, you know, I built my way up with them, and, and, you know, I had a lot of good uh, relationships and just people that I, you know, really enjoyed being around over there. And then, you know, one day I go to the field, and they tell me that I'm heading to Oakland. Uh, you know, and that morning I woke up in Florida and spent the night in Arizona. So, and, uh, you know, I think I think the main thing is just – Staying true to myself, really. You know, obviously, we have a lot of great people over here that I truly enjoy being around. So it was an easy transition with that. But uh, I think, like you said, just trying to reprove myself. I think just that that added pressure of trying to reprove myself. You know, when really there was no 
you know, they just wanted me to come over here and do my thing. So I think I'm, I'm slowly getting back to that. But, uh, you know, I'm just happy with the opportunity that they gave me. Kotze just did the talk to you guys about finishing strong, finishing the season, getting across that finish line. Yep. You had the nice game, obviously, in, uh, in St. Louis to close it out. Just uh, what do you think that, that, that message sent to you guys and how was it received? I think it was received well. You know, it's been a long season for a lot of people, um, you know, especially me just with the injury and everything. Uh, just for me to be playing right now, it obviously is great. Like, I'm yeah. so excited, you know, just to finish this season healthy. And But, you know, I, I can only speak for myself. But I think, I think as a group, you know, trying to finish this season as strong as we can is important just for building a culture next year, you know. Um, just trying to go out there and do the best we can, obviously, each day. And But, um, you know, I, th I think, you know, for me, I think just trying for everyone to, like, become a group more. You know, there's a lot of times during the season where you're focused on individual goals and individual things. But um, I think the main thing that we need to do is just come together and play as a team. And, you know, I think everything will take care of itself when we do that. Geloff, Butler, Soderstrom, yeah. all the young guys. Yeah. For you watching these young – you were a young guy at one point. Yeah. Watching these guys, what's it like? You know, I came up with uh, Vlad and Bo and Cavan and all those guys with the Jays, and I think that this group is, is just as talented as those guys. You know, I think um, just watching them play in AAA for the weeks that I was there, you know, it's a special group, no doubt. And I think that uh, the way they approach the game is, is, you know, it's pretty mature for a 23-year-old. You know, when I was 23, I, you know, I was still still in the minors learning it. You know, they're here. They're they're here, and they're they're proving themselves. And so I think I think it's just only going to get better from there. You cut the hair. I did. <laughs> like, how tough was that? Because people, got, it's your hair. Oh yeah. So the the main thing that I tell, like, the day I cut it, the next day was when I got hurt in spring. So I, I kind of everyone says I lost my strength a little bit, but um, you know I. I, I loved I loved the hair, but I, I I don't know if I'll grow it back out again. It's just too much time, too much work. How long did um, that take? Yeah, so the COVID year was pretty much when I, I it always been decently long, but the COVID year was when I really just grew it out. Yeah. And then 21 with the Blue Jays, I grew it out, and then last year just kept it rolling. Uh, and I kind of kept it for AJ last year, and then he left, so I was just like, oh, okay, well I, I, I might as well cut it now. By so, the way, speaking of, uh, as a Florida Gator and an SEC yeah. guy. This whole college thing's getting crazy. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Texas yeah. and Oklahoma are oh, in the yeah. SEC. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy, man. I, I can't wait. Who would have ever thought, like, you think like traditional, like a Tennessee, a Georgia, a Florida, a Alabama. Hey, you got – it was already weird Texas A&M being yeah. in. How weird is it going to be Florida Gator baseball in against, a conference series oh, yeah. against Oklahoma? Oh, it's going to be crazy, man. I, I – that's the main thing is like the baseball, basketball, you know, all those young, I mean, football, you know, they, they have enough money to, to, you know, in the TV, but I think all the other sports, it's going to be a crazy schedule, man. And I think it's, obviously it's good for the, for the conference, you know, uh, much exposure as you can get, you know, the SEC is a great conference to play in and, and to get, you know, to any next level you want to play at. But um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I just, I grew up a huge Gator fan, so I'm just excited to see where it goes, but you know, who knows? Great stuff. I appreciate yes, it. No problem. Thank you. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. 
This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the Treehouse. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, we ask all these guys, and we're going to do it with Cole Irvin coming up next, too. The college thing means a lot to him. I mean, it means a lot to me. I love my university. I love San Jose State. I came here as a, as a kid, and I grew up as a man. I love my time going to school at San Jose State. I love playing baseball at San Jose State. I met my wife there. I've lived in San Jose the whole time. I've lived in San How many years is that now? Well, you went in the early 90s, right? So you figure it's what, 30, 32 years? So my entire adult life has been in the Bay Area. And so these guys, you know, Cole Irvin, you're going to hear. Cole Irvin loves Oregon. It's where he went to school. Kirby Sneed loves Florida. He's a Gator. Grew up a Gator fan and then went and starred with, uh, with A.J. Puck for the Florida Gators. Did they make the College World Series? They're in the regionals. Uh, I'd have to look. I think Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, was on that team too. The polar bear was on that team? I think, was it Brady Singer was on there? Is There's a lot of guys on Is that. he still a Met? As, as of now. He had a, uh, he's, he was been, like, he's been kind of bad recently. Like he's been in a slump. He was on the highlights last night. I don't remember. There the was Mets a, won again last. Yeah, night. it was a short. Uh, it was it was a it was a it was a small card yesterday. Yeah. Dodgers with it. Yeah, you keep telling me the Dodgers aren't the team in the West. You're telling me your Giants, your Padres. How, how's your snakes working out? Your boy Kapler got suspended for a game. How about his back and forth with the the the, uh, the KMBR reporter? That was interesting. He asked him about why why would you pinch hit a guy one day. Not using one day, but using the next day when the splits were pretty much. It was like a whole question about like it was the same situation. And Capper like he goes, well, do you understand why I didn't do it? And then like, it was kind of like a condescending back and forth. And it's like you really didn't have to do that, Gabe. Did he? Did did the reporter make a good point? He's asked a question. So he did. He's asked him. A I question. know, but was it? I, excuse me. Did he ask a good question? Yeah, he's asking why he didn't hit. He used Austin Slater. It was something about Slater and Matos or uh, Ramos, Elliot Ramos, and something like that. And it was. He was just asking about, like, why he pinch hit him one day, but why not, why not the other? But, you know, how good Slater's been pinch hitting. He's one of the best in the league and all that. And it's just like he's like – he didn't snap at him, but it was just like a very condescending back and forth. Okay. And people weren't happy Do we have time it. to get into this Yankees thing? Maybe for a few minutes after Cole. All right. Our buddy Cole Irvin, one of the – one of our favorites all time here on A's Cast Live. We were able to catch up with him earlier today in the Orioles' dugout. Cole, my friend, it is great to have you back on A's Cast Live. It's tough to see in the Baltimore stuff because <laughs> we love you so much as an A, but uh, appreciate you coming on. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm always happy to come on A's Cast and spend time with you. So it's nice to be in the Coliseum again. Well, a place that I think a lot of success for you. You're going to be going tomorrow. But I just think about when you came over from Philadelphia, I remember we were talking about your growth and your transition to prove that you belong to pitch every five days, and you proved it here to yourself. 
and everybody in baseball. This place has to have a special meaning to you. It really does. Um, every time I come back here, I'm always, I mean, anytime I came to the field, I was always excited to, to be here, be in the green and gold. And then now coming back, it's like, yeah, that, there's parts of this place that I miss. And, um, you know, we're winning here in, in, in Baltimore. So there's, there's part of that that's um, definitely glued to. I love winning. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff. You know, I was walking around before you guys came out here, walking around on FaceTime with my wife and just reminiscing about some good things that, um, you know, we were part of in the Oakland community and, and just being back in Oakland for the first time since being traded. So, um, you know, Oakland definitely has a special place in our heart and is definitely the place where I became a big leaguer. Yeah, we'll, we'll want to talk to you, obviously, about what's going on in Baltimore, but just, you know, one more about Oakland, just like the friendships. And I think about the... The pitching staff with you and and Manaya and Bassett and Frankie Montas. Just you know, when you reminisce about how close you were with some of these guys, nobody's here anymore, but you have to think about all those guys. Oh yeah, I mean, I still talk to Bassett nearly every day. Um, we're sending Instagram memes to each other and stuff. <laughs> um, but also on top of that, you know, uh, Sean's really hard to get a talk. Get a hold of, um, but uh, try to reach out to him when I can. But Frankie and I are probably the closest out of the the guys that I've been with um, and stayed connected with. Um, so, you know, just such great teams, such great camaraderie with the past two Oakland teams that I've been on. And um, you know, there's a lot of guys in this dugout across the way that are that I'm still friends with and um, miss dearly because um, you know you you were in the trenches together for for parts of two seasons or part of a year and um, you really learn a lot about each other so I uh, definitely miss a lot a lot of things uh, about Oakland um, especially the sports support staff um, and the amount of hugs I've, I've given out already uh, to all the support staff from the um, training room to the clubbies to just about everyone um, in that clubhouse um, they're, they're, I actually do miss them um, for everything they, they uh, let me do we actually tracked down Shamanaya during the Giants series. We actually had him wow. on the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's like Sasquatch. Yeah, it's it's it's. He's it's a rare sighting. He let's just say great, <laughs> one of the greatest guys, and he was fabulous when you got him. But let's just say he wasn't on A's cast or the pregame show a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. You Bassett, everybody came out. It was hard to get Shamanaya. Even Frankie. Once Frankie was cool with doing. Uh, Without the interpreter, Frankie came out. He was always, Manaya was always uh, a, a yeah. tough one to track down. He was great once you tracked him down, but he was tough. Let's talk about the Orioles that, here you go, man. So in our world of the AL East, where it's always Yankees, Red Sox, the little Rays team, Baltimore's been getting its you-know-what kick for years, and all of a sudden, here we are. You get traded in. You guys are in first place. Yankees are under 500. Red Sox are in fourth place. You've overtaken the Rays after a historic start. Just like, what has this ride been like? Uh, it's been pretty amazing, and that that all extends all the way back to spring training. Um, this group was very youthful coming in, um, and a lot of it reminded me of our of the of the. 
21 team that I was a part of here in Oakland. Just the camaraderie, the closeness, how quickly we got together and started playing together as a group and actually caring about each other. Um, that's what makes good teams win. And there's a lot of that in our clubhouse um, day to day. Um, a lot of guys care about what, what's going on in um, guys' personal lives um, to their philanthropy work. Um, you know, Kyle Gibson had a top golf event. Um, and I think more than half the team showed up um, in support of Kyle's event and uh, that donated to the local community of Baltimore, um, you know, food drives and, and um, some other situations that the group worked with. Um, so it's just amazing that this team um, is so close in that way. We all work together. We all um, want to be a part of each other's lives in some capacity and um, a lot of lifelong friendships being created um, in this clubhouse. And there's the other thing was like there was already that established uh, camaraderie because a lot of these young guys came up together, played together and knew what made each other tick. So it wasn't that much of a transition when they got to the big leagues. And um, and uh, Adley Rushman is, is the real deal. So uh, <laughs> no same with Gunnar, Gunnar yeah. Henderson as well. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I could go on about our, the rest of our team, yeah. but uh, but I mean, those guys are real deal. Watching them play every day is a lot of fun. Um, the work ethic for how for how young they are um, is is definitely every bit of the word professional. You know, it's so interesting. I've been talking about it with, with this young core with the A's and I say, you know what? And Baltimore is a great example. It's okay if a young group comes out and gets their ass kicked every single. They're going to learn from it. They're going to yeah. grow from it. And there is no question getting beat up every single year in the AL East, getting beat up in the minor leagues, that this young core has really come together. And it's so funny when you talk about great teams. It took you a while before you even got to the talent. You talked about how close the team was first. Yeah, and that speaks to that speaks to just this clubhouse, this this team as a whole. It, it truly is the definition of team and working together night to night, day in and day out to uh, do whatever the job is to get it done. And sometimes the nights don't go your way, and then that next day, it's nothing happened the previous day. It's it's just a fresh slate. Um, guys are ready to come compete uh, every night at the ballpark, and it's it's a lot of fun to be a part of. Rushman, I mean, you talk about, I mean, the talent, obviously, to be catcher, switch hitter, and all that, but the leadership that he brings at such a young age. I mean, he's the leader of this team that is now the top in the AL East, the big, bad AL East. Just what is he like? He's, uh, first off, I think Adley, um, a lot of Adley's beliefs and stuff, you know, go unnoticed, and um, he's very humble. Um, which I think first and foremost stood out to me the most. Uh, he, he truly cares about you know each guy on the on the on the team and, and pitching staff importantly. Um, but I think I was surprised with how humble and how um, devoted to his work he is, um, and just he's just very simple. He's day to day. He's makes it easy and and he's really easy to get along with um there there is no ego with adley and so it's it's a you lot of realize fun. you're talking about an oregon state guy i do and it's i'm wearing painful, i'm wearing right? black and orange too okay so there is part of that that is a is little difficult painful? there is a little bit of difficulty there uh but you know what he uh going into my last start in seattle he uh you know, a bunch of Oregon State fans were there for him uh, and then yelling about, you know, how much I suck and how much I went to Oregon. Um, 
So long story yeah. short, uh, long story short, uh, Adley made a joke. He's like, he's with us now, even though he wore duck colors. He's with us now. Like, <laughs> and, and after that, I kind of laughed, and he kind of made it, you know, whatever, whatever that guy was saying. Whether it was, it was awesome. So he just made it easy for me. It was uh, Adley's been great. He makes things light um, with everyone, and he definitely knows the personality of, of each of each pitcher out there. Well, you know, we're going to ask you about the Pac-12 because we know how much it means to you. <laughs> how important is it? Like, haven't really thought about it, but we're starting to get ready for college football as my San Jose State Spartans are taking on USC first game. Yeah. Week zero, so we're hoping to end the last year of SC in the Pac-12 in a miserable way. But uh, <laughs> how bad do you want to win the Pac-12 in the last year of maybe Pac-12 football? I think, I, I honestly, from a Pac-12 standpoint, you want to win that last one to beat Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it's funny because my grandfather played in the Pac-8. I played in the, played in the Pac-12. And um, so, you know, the, the Pac has a little bit of a special place in my family life. Um, so it's going to be tough to see the Pac-12 go. Um, but I will say being able to go up to Maryland and watch the Ducks or Trojans, you know, take on, take on Maryland will be a lot of fun. Um, it'll be a little Rutgers. bit closer. Yeah, Rutgers I might not go Indiana. to. I'll definitely probably go to Ohio State or Michigan, you know, those those games. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see um, some bigger football. Maybe it helps with recruiting, too. I, I, I haven't really thought about too much in depth of how it affects all the other sports. I know it's travel-wise, it's going to be a pain in the butt for all the baseball programs uh, to travel coast to coast. But you know what? A lot of those guys that I played with when I was in college, we all had the same goal in mind and is, you know, win obviously college, but try to get to the next level. So uh, maybe it prepares some guys a little bit more for, for professional ball and uh, gets them excited for that life. Well, I know they say all the time when a former player comes back and they say, hey, we're rooting for you, just not this week. And not true, I'm always gonna root for you because you that. were so good to us as we've grown this thing and it's gotten bigger and bigger and we've become number one in all of Major League Baseball, you were definitely a part of it. When you came over, I remember the first time we interviewed you, you were back home, you were about to go go-karting, you were in your car <laughs> on video. Uh, I can't say enough for the time that you gave us and always being there for us. So no matter, I don't care who you're pitching against, I'll always be rooting for you. And thank you, for seriously, sure. from the bottom of my heart. Everything you did for us here at A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Yeah, thanks for having me. And again, you guys have always treated me great and um, really enjoyed being on the show. Always, anytime you guys asked, I was always loving coming on because I knew we'd have a little little banter uh, for football. And uh, among among other things, had you know, you guys are so insightful and think about every everything that goes into our game um, and aren't just you know solely focused on on a's but um it's really cool what you guys do and how you guys go about um your interviews so uh, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of and um last thing for oakland fans uh just know that oakland has a special place in my heart and uh, i miss you guys and um, i'm with you guys every step of the way uh, throughout your guys's process and um, everything that's been going on so um i got your guys's back he's the man right here on h cast and h cast live at the great right field Will is here, by the way, Lee. Come here, right field. The great right field Will. I tell him, right field, when the ports come, so you know, when the ports come to San Jose, at San Jose Muni, I will buy you drinks. I love it. 
There you go. There you go. That, that, that's just him, right? Not his entourage. and. Uh, no, 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 not the whole right field crew. You know what? If there's right field people there, I'll buy everybody some beers. So we're gonna, so we're going to port. You, do, do I, I didn't need? say I was buying you beers. Uh, it's okay. I don't mind paying from there because I'm always really good luck with the beer battery. So it's all right. Uh, that means- Roll out the bear. I miss Cole Irvin. I love Cole. Now, Daryl Hernandez. I will say I criticize the trade heavily. I am never a person that's ever to admit they're wrong. I will admit when I'm wrong. I've been wrong quite a few times, and I'll continue to be wrong. I did not like this trade at all. At, and I was like, who is Daryl Hernandez? Back then, we called him Hernandez. That's true. <laughs> And we're like, he's like the 15th rated prospect for them? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he was 16th. 16th rated? you got to be kidding me. We gave up 30 starts, 200 innings. And I would just, I know, I know. But in the end, Cole hasn't had a great year. And Hernandez has. And Hernandez is 21. He can swing it. And he could be the shortstop of the future. And if you just got your shortstop of the future for Cole Irvin, you're going to tip your cap to the front office in this deal. And I and I will have to say how terribly wrong I was to criticize that trade. Uh, I just went and looked. He's uh, 12th in our system now. And this is after the draft, so there's guys. That- what the hell does that mean? He's hitting 300 in AAA, and he's rated 12th? I- Who's doing these ratings? I have to disagree with you about shorts up at the future because I already burned my Jack Wilson jersey and got my Jacob Wilson jersey ready because all he does is hit for Lansing. Um, so I thought he was the shorts up of the future. I forgot to ask David Force about Jacob Wilson. Oh, he's doing pretty – I think I sent you the thing. He's doing a nice job in Lansing. Bernays is hitting like three yeah. – over 330 in AAA, and he's 21 years old. Now, does that mean something? Yes, because – even when you're playing in elevation or even when you're playing in that dry air, I'm not talking about home runs. I'm not talking about home runs. He's hitting. He's getting base hits. He's 21. He tore up double-A Midland, and now he's tearing up triple-A. What did you say he's hitting? 360 now. 351. 351. <laughs> I said 330. All right, I'll give him an extra 20. But I'm just saying, it could be one heck of a deal. So that's the thing. Front offices, not every deal you're going to make is going to be a winner. No, I mean, Cole was one heck of a deal, and they got him for for cash from the Phillies. So you flip a guy yeah. you for cash for another, a guy that could be a shortstop of your future. And that's what that's what David has always said, basically, and in a very nice way, listen, dummies, moves <laughs> are moves that make moves. So you bought Cole for cash, now traded Cole, and if the guy you traded – which would be Hernandez, turns out to be, let's say, you're starting shortstop for a couple of years. So you bought Cole for cash and flipped it for him. You got great, yeah, I would say, for what we thought he was going to be, you got a couple really great numbers out of him to then flip him for a shortstop. Yeah. I mean. It could be for a long time. He's 21 years old. Yeah. And we love Cole, but Cole's, you know, what's Cole? Getting close to 30 now, so he's. 
not saying he's anywhere near the back end of his career, but he's, yeah. once you hit 30, we know how it works, especially with pitchers. But he's a left-handed pitcher, so he could pitch for another 15 years. I mean, we saw I mean, Jamie, how long Jamie Moore pitched? He's going to pitch until he's 45. I mean, Jamie Moore did it for a long how time. Long is, how long is uh, – it's tough to do a show in here. It is. Because you got so much going well, on, and he, you don't have you don't have anything in front of you. Well, they really want you to do bingo during the Kotze. No, I want to do the, this Yankee thing. So, a Yankee prospect, now done, has gone on the. Uh, I want to call him Scott Braun. Is it Scott Braun? Uh, yes, Scott Braun. The show's called Foul Territory. Who used to be on MLB Network? They now have a a streaming show, and. This prospect talked about how the Yankees have been dealing with their minor league system. And it's basically what you're getting from quite a few teams. I have some of it from earlier today. He talks about what he talks about. I think we're going to have to wait till Monday to get yeah. into this. But I, I, I'll save this for Monday. But one of the things that they're doing is in their minor league system, all they care about analytics. And all they care about is how hard you hit the ball. So if you hit the ball hard and you make an out, that counts as like a hit in their numbers. Okay? Yes. If you strike out, doesn't matter to them at all. It doesn't count towards this number. Do you have the part where he explains it? Uh, it's him talking about like um, all they care about is hit, uh, was it? Hit FX, OPS, or whatever, and or hard hit rate, something like that. He explains so all they care they, about. So if you strike out, it's a non. Yeah, he talks about that in there too. If you want it, we don't we have can, time. We, yeah, we can save it. Yeah, we'll save it for Monday. But I just want to give you guys. Right now, there is a player who is third in exit velocity at ninety-four point one. Is that good? That's pretty good. There is a player whose hard hit percentage is fifty point three. 18th is ba- in baseball. Is that any good? It's pretty good. Barrel percentage is fifth in all of baseball. Is that any good? Yeah. So you're going to tell me that a guy that's third in exit velocity, average exit velocity, 18th in hard hit percentage, and fifth in barrel percentage. Are you, are you telling me to guess who it is? I think I know who it is. It's a Giancarlo. But you're going to tell me that that's all good. Uh, it's, I don't say, wouldn't say it's great, but. You're saying it's good. Knowing you, you think it's good. The exit velocities. That's Giancarlo uh, Stanton, the absolute stiff. What's he hitting, 201 this year? Stiff. He's one of the tops in hitting it hard and on the barrel, and he stinks, and they're now admitting, my God, this is a disaster. Disaster is a DH, can't play in the field. Too much money. It's what the Yankees are. And that tells you right there. What I've tried to emphasize, if you've noticed about Zach Geloff, is that Zach, Gal- Zach, Zach Geloff, and I thought, and you should cut up that first answer by David Force because that was great, where David Force said two things we should cut up. David Force talking about once you get here, I don't care about all that stuff. I just care about production. Yeah. And number two, Kirby, Kirby Sneed. Comparing our young guys to, to, to Vlad Cavan yeah. Vigio. Do you know who his dad is? Uh, Craig. How many hits did he have? Over 3,000. Was that all barrel percentage? He, what was his hard hit rate? What was his at while they didn't track it? What was then, Rod Carew's hard hit rate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christian Pache hit the ball hard. How's that working out? 
thank you. All I can think about is our social media team. Whenever I hear Christian Pache, when we said, thank you, thank you for playing for us, you hit 160. I'm, more, I'm laughing more at the heart you just did than anything. You hit 100 in June. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that the, the girls I get taught it, you how I to do get, that. I get what we're doing. I get it. I just, when I, when I, I took a picture of it, by the way. I do have that on my phone. The thank you for everything, Christian Pache. Thank you. The girls taught you how to do that, right? No, who? I, I think Geloff. No, my kid. That, that's Taylor Swift. You don't think I've, I've been to two Taylor Swift concerts. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm practically a Swifty. Dave Henderson. That's a sweet Dave Henderson jersey right there. By the way, the all, my man is in white shoes, white pants, and a white athletics Dave Henderson jersey. He's looking clean. He looks like he could go out there and patrol center field right now. That's what you see here at the Treehouse. We've got bingo. We've got prizes. We've got drinks. Don't forget, get out and vote. Athletics.com slash vote to vote for the A's Hall of Fame because September it ends on September 6th. 6th, yes. Are we right? How long? I don't even know how long David Force was. Force was great. Force, oh, was like, Force was like 20 minutes. He just kept going with him. Force didn't look like he was trying to itch to get out either. He was just, you know, he was. Hey, next, next time we do it up here. David's great. Dave, I, I, to let everybody know, David Force is one of the great guys I've ever had to interview on a consistent basis. You ask the questions, he answers it. It's no BS. It's no spin. He, it's, it's, he told us, he goes, I don't spin because then I never have to worry about backtracking and yeah. if I lied or anything. What you ask him, he's going to give you the answer. Um, never takes anything personal. Never. I mean, it's just ask me the question, I'll answer it. Yeah, I forgot was where. Oh, next time we do, we gotta have him up here at four o'clock again when the show starts, and we'll have him. He's got to lead the, the show. show. Yeah. We should have him by himself. This is David Force. Welcome to Ace Gas Live. I'm, uh, I'm I was very excited today to hear <laughs> Lawrence Butler say he uh, he watches our show. Yeah, I mean, he said it. Uh, the minor leaguers are so it's gonna be interesting going down to spring. They, these guys are all watching the show. Cole said some nice things about us too, with what we're doing and everything. Like, I mean, Cole knows he was he's been he's been on the program as much as anyone besides Liam Hendricks. So, how long is is? Uh, I'd say it's like eleven minutes. What time is it? Five thirty-six. Good time. So we have time. I mean, we could play Kotsay and. No, I got to do pregame. That's what I mean. So I'm, we can play it now, so you can get over there. Uh, is there anything else we want? Oh, you know what? Today. I was just asking you about Chris, da- uh, Chris, Chris Not Young. Chris Davis. Chris Young. Which Chris Davis? Oh, Oriole great Chris, Chris Davis. Wh- which Chris Davis fell faster, Oriole or A Chris Davis? Chris with a K or Chris with a C? They're both making a lot of money, too. Ooh, I'm going to go with Oriole's Chris Davis. Yeah, and he was making a lot more money. Okay. I think he's still getting paid. Earlier today. And it's kind of like a life lesson for everybody. Chris Young, does he have title of just GM? What's his title with the Rangers? I think he's, I think he's GM. Let me. I'm Is he gonna president pull of baseball operations, or let me get the official title. He is the senior. He's the current general manager of the of the, uh, of the Rangers. Former six was he six ten? Yeah, from former former six ten pitcher. 
former basketball player for Princeton, Chris Young, long career, good career. He now runs the Texas Rangers. He was on MLB Network today being praised, and they should be for the great year that they're having. Life lesson for everybody. Because Chris Young is new on the job. He was a part of the franchise, but John Daniels was the head. He made sure, as Brian Kinney in their interview, was giving him all the props that he had to mention, his predecessor, and the people that have worked for the Rangers that are no longer there. Now, Chris Young could have easily, because let me tell you something, MLB Network now, whether you watch it, just MLB Network or MLB Now, the show, whether you watch MLB Network or not, everybody in baseball does. I walked into Mark Kotze's office today, MLB Network's on. I went down down below where the A's old clubhouse used to be, which is now a workout room, that MLB Network's on. So everybody in our sport, this is the channel that they watch. So, Chris Young, being on, being asked, was very humble and did not take all the credit and talked about John Daniels, J.D. called him, and gave respect to the people that helped make, because he's not the guy that officially signed Seager. He's not the guy who officially signed Marcus Simeon. He's not. He's not the guy who traded for Jonah Heim. This was all done. Like, there's all kinds of guys, all kinds of uh, Brandon Lowe. Who else? Uh, Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe. That's Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau. Low Lau. Low in. Uh, there's another guy, uh, John Gray. I think that was Daniels. Okay. Um, who signed Simeon? Was that him? Uh, no. That was, uh, that was Daniels. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he traded for Adolis Garcia. No way. Now he gets credit for Max Scherzer. He, Boach. Get, he gets credit for Boach and DeGrom and all that. But the fact that he goes and he gives credit where credit should be given, that shows maturity. That shows leadership. That that. That's a guy that gets it. And you wonder why Bochy signs. Obviously, Boach played for uh, – he played for Boach. But you now know that their relationship, why Bochy has that trust and comes in. That's leadership, man. That's smart. Have to give Chris Young a lot of credit listening to that interview and just giving praise to a lot of different people for why the Texas Rangers have turned it around. It's just not, look at, look at me, look at the deals that I did. Because he knows – he was a part working for the Rangers with some of those deals, yeah. but he wasn't the head guy signing off on it. Yeah, I think he joined the team in 2020 when John Daniels was there. Daniels got a job somewhere else as, like, a special advisor somewhere. He's still in the sport, but it, obviously he's not the Rangers president of baseball operations. Where, where is John Daniels now? I remember he got a job in the offseason or right before the season started. Uh, uh, another quick thing that maybe we can get into on Monday because I know we're not going to have. Senior, he is a executive senior advisor for the Tampa Bay Rays now. Mark my words, folks, for you football fans out there, the biggest scandal in football history could be coming. And NFL owners are scared to death. John Gruden's case is now in the Nevada, Nevada um, Supreme Court. If John Gruden wins in Nevada Supreme Court, the NFL knows it's in trouble. John Gruden has said, 
He's not going to be bought out of this. There's not a check that they're going to be able to write to make him go away. And if all of a sudden, all of the emails that were around the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder that have other NFL owners in it and have Roger Goodell in it, and there's a lot of stuff in there that could bring a lot of people down. And if Gruden wins this in the Nevada Supreme Court, this could make the Astros scandal look like nothing. This could be one of the biggest sports scandals we have ever seen, and John Gruden could be bringing them all down. Mark my words, it is going to get interesting. Does that mean that Gruden goes back to coaching the Raiders? Gruden wants to be back in football. By the way, Gruden right now is uh, helping out with the New Orleans Saints. And I think it's I think that for all football fans, and I know we got Niner fans and Raider fans who both watch, but football fans in general, who's the one guy? Who is the one guy? Because I think there's no way Mark Davis acted independently here. Mark Davis had a bunch of people in the league talking to him. You got to fire him. You got to fire him. You got to fire him. Who is the one guy? That's the reason why Mark Davis even got Las Vegas. I feel like this is a trick question. Not Goodell, so it's John Gruden. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. You don't think Jerry Jones would be in a circle of these emails? Oh, for sure. What are the owners? And what were these emails? They know that these thousands of emails that they just cherry-picked the John Gruden. Some of you might not even remember it. There's thousands of emails and they just cherry-picked a couple Gruden and released them and leaked them to the media, which cost Gruden his job. You get into all these emails, and you get into all these communications, and now you start linking the players' union to the commissioner to owners. I mean, this thing, the NFL is the biggest, most powerful league in the United States of America. And if you have some of the biggest power players getting brought down, this will be, what's the biggest scandal in American sports history? I mean, there's been a lot, but Astros thing's pretty big. Black Scott Sandal. Oh, that was yeah, but that's baseball. Yeah. Modern day baseball. The Flake Gate. Modern day baseball does not sniff the NFL. No. So, I mean, like football-wise. That's what I'm saying. You, you, if, if Roger Goodell has to step down, if you've got multiple owners that I don't even know, because, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but if they're all in this, this could be really, really nasty, dirty, and scandalous. And I think for us, the public, we'll eat every minute of it. We'll eat it up. But a lot of people don't realize that right now, that John Gruden's case is in the Nevada Supreme Court, and that we'll have the answer, what I've uh, researched, we'll have it in October. It'll be in October this will go down. It's right in the middle of the season. So middle, middle, think about this. If Gruden wins in the Supreme Court, after that, this lawsuit is so game on, you can start, you can start questioning NFL owners, Roger Goodell. I mean... You start. You start. You. I mean, you think these owners want to be, want to be sworn, want it, and have to be. Hey, you're going to be on record. Depositions. You think they want to be deposed? 
NFL owners want to be to, well, this is what your email said, because then they're going to have to go through the whole case. All the emails will have to be released. Think about everything that will be leaked. It's going to be crazy. And he said he's, with the, he's working with the Saints now, back with Carr and Dennis Allen. Yeah. Who said, who, said, who says Gruden won't be the Saints head coach in the next couple of years? Who's to say that if the Raiders don't have a good year, no, well. that John Gruden, part of his negotiation with the league, reinstall my contract with the Raiders? How many years was left on it still? Like eight, eight, seven, eight. <laughs> That's why I said when you said he can come back, I'm like, oh, so is he going to go right back to the Raiders? Crazy things could happen, but more importantly, it's time for the Mark Katze Show. I just wanted to bring that up because I don't know how many people, but I know, I don't know, I had a little Raider feeling today while I was uh, here in the old East Side Club. Now we call it the Treehouse. Here is our weekly conversation with the A's manager. Time now for the Mark Katze Show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area or you go to nestbedding.com for your mattress, your sheets, your pillows. This guy and his family all sleep on beds from Nest Bedding. We do, Tony. That's awesome. What a great intro right there. Nest Bedding. Right. And you got, I mean, the whole family. They got kids at college. They got <laughs> Nest Beds. So everybody, everybody's sleeping good in the uh, Katze household. They're definitely sleeping in a dorm room on, with some sheets and a blanket from oh, Nest Bedding. So God. we did that yesterday. We moved them in. And uh, we have two in college and one left in the house. You remember those days being back where the dorms? and the, I'm sure the dorms are much nicer than when we were in school. I Things have probably changed. My school didn't even have dorms. Fullerton so didn't have them back no, then? No, you had to rent an apartment if you wanted to stay on campus yeah. somewhere. Well, yeah, now now they don't allow you to bring a car to school. I've been learning all this because my kids are about to go to college. It's like back in the day, they for us going away to college, they just threw you in the deep end of the pool and said swim. Yeah, no, there's a lot of hand-holding right now. You know, when I think about what's been going on with your ball club, you know, there's a couple guys that are very exciting. And I, I mean, with you, we're going to keep it realistic. We're going ballistic over Geloff. But just, you know, from your standpoint, being in the game a long time, to watch a kid who has a lot of a lot of promise coming up and then starts out as hot as he has. What has that been like? No, it's been fun to watch. Um, definitely not expected um, for, for Zach to come here and, and accomplish what he's accomplished so far. Um, you know, he's, he's being mentioned in, in the likes of uh, some, some really, really great players in, in Oakland A's history and, and in the game, for that matter. The extra bases, uh, run scored number that, that was out on I think Instagram I saw, um, you know, I think there's four players that have that have done that as rookies. Um, so Zach's got a great start uh, to his big league career, and, and it's great to see. It's great to be a part of, and, um, you know, I hope uh, everyone that, that supports our club um, can, can come out and watch him and, and appreciate what he's doing right now. You know, I think about in a game where we talk so much about barrel rates and exit velocity and all this kind of stuff. A great hitter gets hits, hitting it hard, and also not hitting it hard, and hitting it everywhere. We've seen home runs foul pole to foul pole. We've seen base hits off the walls, left center, right center. We've seen just some contact flares into right. Just talk about how, as a hitter, he's doing everything, hitting it hard, but also just getting base hits. No, you described it. I don't know how much more I can add on to that. Um, you know, and the intensity that he plays the game in, uh, or add, I should say, uh, you know, Going and hitting a ball in the right center where it's not splitting defenders, it's kind of in between and in front of them. 
sliding headfirst into second base, getting a double. Uh, that shows his passion. That shows his hustle. Um, but like you said, he's using the whole field right now and, and using it well. And we talked to you about Lawrence Butler, and you said, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, this kid's exciting. He's going to be exciting. I just walked by him here in the clubhouse. I mean, he's a big dude. It's 6'3", powerful. He's a great athlete. Just talk about his addition to your clubhouse and what he brings. Yeah, for Lawrence, he's put the work in. I think he was drafted five years ago. He's you know been grinding through the system uh, up until two years ago. Uh, you know, they weren't sure at that point whether he was going to make that transition and become the type of player that – that they had drafted him and, 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 and felt like, you know, when they drafted him, he could have success at this level. And there was a big adjustment for Lawrence. Um, he, he started really controlling the strike zone better, started impacting the baseball. As you said, 6'3", he's big, he's got leverage, stands upright. He's got a great two-strike approach right now. He's spreading out, he's tracking pitches. So um, really, you know, he's gone from – uh, a player that was somewhat on the radar because he was a high school draft pick, but now he's gone from that to, to being a possible impact player at the big league level. What's it like for you now writing out the lineup card when you got these young guys? It put a little smile on your face when you're writing up the lineup? Yeah, it does. It, it definitely is exciting, um, you know, to write Lawrence Butler and, and bat him lead off tonight and get him at the top of the lineup and Geloff too. Um, you know, the things that we had talked about being hopeful that that this would happen uh, if our season didn't go the way it did or even if it did go the way it did that at some point this year we'd see those two names uh, you know helping us win games and and uh, they're at the top tonight and, and that's exciting for us. You talked to the team on the road trip about finishing. You've mentioned that multiple times. It was big for you early on in your career to finish a season out. No matter how it's going to finish that season out, why did you think it was important to talk about the team and talk about a strong finish? Well, I think, you know, for this younger group coming here, um, they're, they need to hear that message. Um, they need to understand that it's not just um, great to be here, that, that baseball is a game, but winning is our business. And, um, you know, we had a tough road trip. We, we, um, you gave a couple games away where I felt, um, you know, that uh, we needed to finish those games. And, uh, you know, errors and, you know, physical mistakes are going to happen. But um, really the, the message is more, you know, hey, let's, let's be a great teammate. Let's pick each other up, um, you know, in certain aspects, just not on the field, but off the field and the way we train, the way we work out, the way we prepare. Uh, there's going to be a level of expectation over the next 40 at that time, 42 games to uh, to continue to run through the finish line. I think that was big for you in your career, right? And big for any player, even if you're doing well or you're doing bad, to finish that season out. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it prepares you for the offseason. It prepares you for next year. You know, I think this, this club now with the nucleus that's here, um, for the most part, will be a part of our ball club next year. So there's an opportunity for them as well to make a statement. Um, we're going to play 18 games in our division. You know, tonight we're playing the first place team in the, in the National League East. And, uh, you know, I think we've continued to be more competitive um, since June. 
and that's the goal. The goal is to, to finish off the season being competitive and, and win as many games as possible. What you kind of just said in there excites me, excites a lot of A's fans. I think the battle at spring training, this young core going to be here at spring training, it's going to be very interesting. But I want to talk about the guys that the cameras don't see, that people don't talk about, that travel with you guys. They go through the grind, but they're not making millions of dollars. <laughs> and they've got to prepare these guys. You had a lot of different moves on the trip. That means we've talked to Steve Vucinich over the years. Somebody's got to get the names on the back of the jersey. Someone's got to have the uniforms ready. Someone's got to be prepared. Mickey Morbido's got all these flights going on. Just talk about, you know, the machine that is the Oakland A's and everything that goes on. Yeah, so let's let's start with Mickey Morbido. So Mickey's been traveling secretary for the A's for over 50 years. Uh, he's the best in the business, but Mickey was a little bit um, unwound, I guess is the right way to say it, <laughs> over the road trip when uh, we made a, a ton of player moves. I think it was six in, to in, in all. And uh, w like you said, when that player move comes down the chain, he's got to now call and contact the player in AAA that we're bringing or the player that we're bringing from a different organization. Uh, he's also got to contact you know, their traveling secretary, arrange flights, arrange hotel rooms change a manifest because he's in charge of the manifest for the flight that really gets him going if he has to change the manifest so mickey mickey was uh busy at work and then the guys in the clubhouse uh, brian davis was on this road trip brian davis has been with the a's just as long i mean 30 30 years at least uh matt weiss um you know cliffy clavin um, these guys are in charge of uniforms and so when a player is you know recently acquired uh, like Spencer Watkins was going to make a start for us. We got him the day before. They had to make up a jersey. They had to get him a number. They got to get him the name. Um, you know, they got to get his equipment in from from wherever he was playing. So they were quite busy, and and I just wanted to give them a shout out because it, it means a lot. They they do grind. They're the guys behind the scenes that stay here late until you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock in the, you know in the morning, uh, washing uniforms, hanging uniforms, and and getting this place ready so these players can walk in and and just focus on baseball. Yeah, this isn't Little League where you got a mom that's just going to sew it on. It's got to be done the right you got to find in, in every single town. They have places that will open up for you in the middle of the night and get stuff ready for you, but it's the connections, it's the hard work of everybody in that clubhouse. Yeah, it really is. It takes it takes an army to, to make this machine go, and um, you know, I appreciate you mentioning those guys because uh, they don't get a lot of credit, but they do a lot of work. How are you doing? I'm sure everybody everybody always asks you about everybody else. How are you doing? It's uh, a great question. Um, you know, I think the focus for me is uh, continuing to uh, to teach, to to be positive, um, to come in here and, and know that uh, there's going to be better days ahead, and that this group can have impact here. Uh, leading this organization forward, and that's that's the goal. The goal is to, at, at some point, uh, be standing on top of the hill. Yeah, people don't understand. It's like you, you're in control of this whole thing, and you got a lot of people in there who will struggle with losses, and they get down, and they can't see you down. I mean, you may get angry, but the, you know, I mean, you you are the leader of the ship. You got to be the guy, and you got to be it every day. Yeah, and that's part of showing up. That's the that's the. First part of the day is showing up. The next part is is being prepared and having that energy and that positivity with these guys, knowing that uh, that we're going to get better, that we're going to improve, and that we're going to get this thing turned around. 
Great stuff. We'll see you next week. All right. It's the Marcotte Show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area or you go online to nestbedding.com. Mattress, pillows, sheets, you name it. Go to nestbedding.com. And that was the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Nest Betting. That's going to do it for A's Cast Live today and Friday in the Treehouse for another edition of Happy Hour. We want to thank Mark Kotze, A's General Manager David Forst, Cole Irvin, and Kirby Sneed for stopping by. Chris Townsend standing by for A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Thank you for watching and listening to A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Monday at 4 o'clock right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You've got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better. All thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.